1: One-time world's heavyweight champion, Danny Pounders is here. When the Pound Man puts his name on something, you know it's the very best. So anytime you see that 618 High School Huddle, scroll across your marquee. Just remember, you're listening to the number one podcast in all the world.
2: Welcome to the 618 High School Huddle, hosted by Jim Thompson, Scott Warren, and A.J. Thompson. And as you just heard, we are proud to announce that this is the number one podcast in all the land. No, no, it's not. Shut up, man. It sounds better when I say it this way. The number one podcast in all the
3: land. Nope, not even close. Shut up,
2: man. The number one podcast is the 618 High School Huddle, and here we go. Not even
3: in the top 100,000.
2: Yeah, I paused it there instead of just letting it roll. I apologize. <clears throat> See, I'm all messed up because it's Saturday, and I'm not used to us doing a show on Saturday. But... Um, it's it's uh, it's a big Saturday. Lots of area teams uh, involved. We're going to talk a lot about uh, what we saw today, and and maybe react to some of what we're hearing.
1: <clears throat>
2: Scott's going to bring us um, up to speed on the cross country finals. <laughs> um, hopefully, I know who got a hundred tenth. Right. Uh, but anyway, you're listening to the six one eight high school huddle alongside Scott Warren. I'm Jim Thompson, and we're gonna. Uh, this is gonna be a football-heavy show, kind of like most of them, but uh, but but fret no more because we've got some guests coming up uh, next Sunday, uh, very likely. I guess we'll be joined by uh, Mark Sandstrom.
1: So it sounds like, yeah.
2: So uh, anxious to talk to Mark, and um, <clears throat> obviously he's he's uh, one of the best in the business, in our opinion, uh, in in this downstate area, in all of the state for that matter and um got a le- legit division one recruit uh in his presence still uh, even with the graduations and Columbia is still going to be a real handful for some people we'll talk to them about that about that and we will talk to him about the way the season ended last year and and some of his frustrations and, and hopefully he'll be comfortable sharing those with us and, and we'll have a good open dialogue about about that um you've also got the We've got other coaches that we're chasing. We're about due for a visit from Scott Battis. I think that's going to be coming up very soon. Dan Munoz, soon to be Hall of Famer in the Montclair League. Hopefully he'll be with us soon. And we got a lot to go. But today we're just going to talk mostly uh, high school football. Um, just got an update. Uh, Redbud is done. Their season has ended. They were beaten 34-13 to 13, uh, up in Athens. I think we we knew going in that they were going to have a, a pretty rough time. Athens puts a lot of points on the board. They've had a really good season. You got to go on the road. Um, game was
1: close at half, though.
2: It was fourteen thirteen at half. Yeah. Uh, Redbud had, by virtue of a blocked extra point, uh, was only trailing by one. But apparently, that was the end of the day for the offense, and, and Athens uh, ran away with it. Uh, also, from my the the person I've been contacting there, that's at that game. Uh, a couple of big fumbles in the second half for Red Bud uh, really cost them. And so, uh, you know, nothing to hang your head about. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, because this is probably the next thing, Well, it will be the next thing we talk about. Um, I don't know what Athens has. I've never seen Athens play. I find it really hard to believe they're going to have anything for modern day. I mean, that's the same class that we watched last Friday. So we, for those of you that <clears throat> have been with us, and, and based on the numbers, quite a few of you have. Uh, we, we really appreciate all the love. But, uh, you know, last week we 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 braved the elements. Well, we didn't. We sat in my car for an for hour and 40 minutes. Uh, by the way, I don't think I told you this. Um, after uh, our show came out yeah. on whatever night that was, well, I guess that was Sunday night, right? Um. My buddy Clint uh, reached out to me. He was at that house oh, that we were in front of. That's funny. He said, "I, I he said I saw you guys <coughs> sitting there." He goes, "But I didn't realize that was your car. I wasn't paying any attention, and I saw you guys sitting there." And he goes, "We were all talking about how smart you guys were for staying in the car." And I said, "Well, you should have known how smart I was when you saw it was me." Well, I mean, well, that's people's,
1: people's umbrellas were folded inside out. You know, uh, that, that's our that's our key to maybe stay in the car.
2: But anyway. Ugly game, no offense. Um, it, it was what you would expect when the day when we had the conditions we had. And then today, um, you know, with the limited options locally, um, I, I think as we looked at some of the local options, we felt like there were some blowouts. I think the Roxana saint Joseph-Ogden game, obviously probably maybe a mistake there because it's 28-27 at halftime. Uh, they're trailing by one. It looks like that's going to be a fun one. Uh, but we decided to stay in two A. We have not seen Modern Day this year, which is a little unusual for us. And we had an opportunity to go catch them at home today. They played Johnston City, and we'll spend the next little bit talking about what we saw. But but I want to start with those teams that we saw last week and this week are barely playing the same sport that Modern Day is playing. And it would be hard pressed for me to believe that if Modern Day played Redbud, they wouldn't win by fifty. Yeah, it would be hard pressed for me to believe that if Johnston City played Redbud, they would win by thirty.
1: Right.
2: Um, and the fact that these two A teams are going to have to deal with this Modern Day offense, uh, wow, uh, what a day! So Modern Day is hosting Johnston City. I haven't seen Johnston City play. I know I've been to a game there, but I'm 57 years old. I, who knows when that was? <laughs> um, I don't think I know much about I know recently they've had some really good success. Semifinals last year, um, back, you know, with a very good team with only one loss this year. That one loss was a conference loss to Cesar Valier. They lost by two, 30 to 28. And, you know, outside of that, they'd be undefeated and, and – but they run a very... Uh, what do we want to call the offense? Vanilla. Yeah, is that an insult to vanilla, though? It really is, and it, it's kind. Uh, I, I was going to be much more harsh, but it literally, like, you know, who invented football? Like, you know, we know that James Naismith invented basketball, right, with the peach baskets. We know that Abner Doubleday is is. Primarily responsible with modern baseball. Who did it for football?
1: Not sure. Off the top well, of Well,
2: whoever head. it is, they just rolled over in their grave. A <laughs> hundred times over. Um, I, and I don't, we'll try to paint a picture for you, but Johnston City, clearly the bigger team. I mean, first of all, their quarterback is a six foot, I, I kept hearing six, seven from the stands. The program height was six, five. So I think we'll settle on six, six. But this is a big, tall drink of water. His name is Keaton Fort. And he really, if you were watching that game, his impact on the first half of the football game was defensively. I had him for four solo tackles in the first half, and Modern Day only had the ball three times. Right. And he plays defensive end. The
1: rare combination of defensive end and quarterback.
2: I, and it was crazy. Great speed, great ball instincts, and very durable. Apparently, a pretty good baseball player as well. Um, just one of those athletes that, that well, you can't take your eye off of him because he's six seven, right? Or six six, and and they list him at one ninety five. That's a tough one too. He's not exactly what I would call thin. Like no. I would call the quarterback at Modern Day for Modern Day thin. Yeah, those are that's th- that's a thin dude. A very good one, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but this kid's put together, and he just kind of commands a presence out there. And then the rest of their their big players, for the exception of maybe the fullback, who I didn't think did a whole lot, are all five foot two. It's unbelievable. It was, like they it was have, all or nothing. They had three dudes: number twenty-two, number eight, and number three or thirty, eight, twenty-two, and three. I think it was combined. Might not reach ten foot if you stand them <laughs> on top of one another. Just but both quick and tough, and they run the old double wing offense. Which you know, people here in this area will, will obviously think about Dupo because we won't let them think about anything else. But the fact is that that was the offensive set that Gary Mauser ran, but not the splits. Literally, it's they're foot to foot. The well, linemen are foot to foot. That the, line
1: wasn't probably any wider than our tables. There. No, barely.
2: The wing backs are right up under the tackles or the end. And then the fullback, his helmet is literally making contact with the quarterback's ass. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And then as soon as they hike the ball, there's this series of spins and gyrations that the quarterback does. Who's the lead blocker on who every then play. Becomes, he, he gets rid of the football either with a handoff or a toss and then becomes the lead blocker. Every play. On every play. And, you know, for at least the first quarter, I just didn't see how modern day was going to stop that. Uh, they were getting four or five yards of carry, and then every now and then they were getting ten. Especially on that sweep. Especially on the sweep where modern day did everything they could including Stiebel calling it out most of the time prior to the play but they just couldn't get outside and contain. Well that got fixed and it made all the difference in the world in the second half. The other big thing um, was Johnston City's incredibly bad clock management at the end of the first half. I think Sort of cost them the game because you had a seven at that point. What was it, seven six or was it seven? Nothing, seven, nothing, seven, nothing. You got a seven, nothing ball game. Johnston City has the ball. Uh, uh, where did they uh, they I'm guessing they were on about the 30, the modern day 30. I mean, on their own 30. Um. With four and mismanaged the clock terribly, they tried to get a mounted drive. I think they got the ball back with six minutes to go. It took them four minutes to go about sixteen yards, and they've got kind of a good thing going. They get on the other side of the fifty, and then for whatever reason, they they go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. With 40-some-odd seconds, modern Day throws it right over the middle for a touchdown. Wide open on a beautifully thrown football. I mean, this quarterback, um, is, uh, his uh, Trenton Zeb, uh, I believe is his name. I'll get the exact name here for you. What a fantastic football player this kid is. Uh, really enjoyed watching him go about his business. He actually took a hell of a shot to the back of the head. I want to say that was in the third quarter. Yep. And boy, I wasn't sure he was going to come back. And he did. Um, he's super, super impressive. I, uh, Yeah, Trenton Zeb, Z-E-E-B is his name. He completed touchdown passes to Carter Murphy twice, once for 34 yards and then at the very end of the quarter uh, for 29 yards. And then he threw another 38-yard pass And then Carter Murphy, as if he hadn't done enough on the day, had an interception return for a touchdown with three minutes left in the game to seal it off for the the Knights. They get the win 27-18. The Zeb kid threw for three touchdowns. I thought he was fantastic. They've got an excellent kicker. I think we will get to the negatives because I think there are a couple of things that were negative for modern day. But this is a complete offensive football team.
1: They've got a passing game probably not many two A teams have seen. So mm. that's going to be a lot of trouble for this
2: kid Zeb throws it and I I guess it's I would pronounce it Z because it's Z E E B, but I think I kept hearing him pronounce it Zeb at the game. Yeah. So if we're messing that up, I apologize. It's not going to be the last. But <laughs> the uh the fact is that this kid throws an abs – and it's listen, spirals are pretty. But I look at the number, uh, at the amount of rotations in the spiral. Is it a slow rotation spiral or fast rotation? He throws a bullet that's tight. um, It's on target. Uh, Okay, he missed a couple of deep balls by a foot. Fingertips, right? Mm -hmm. But he also threw a couple of deep balls right into the bread basket. He threw the middle ball incredibly well. Uh, the kids the kid's really good. he's really really good. Um, and even after he got dinged, I thought well, it'd be interesting to see if he comes back and is as is as effective. well yeah, he absolutely was. and you know they in the past last let's say six years or so, uh, modern days had a thousand or twelve or thirteen hundred yard rusher back there, uh, either you know uh, Zach Napavanis or Jason Napavanis, those two boys you know, for four or five, six years there were, were the center point in the offense for this team, and you could pass off of that. And they don't really have that guy now. They sort of run by committee. They ran just enough to, I think, suck the defense in. The passes that that were thrown were all or nothing passes. Either day was catching him or nobody was. There was never a throw. I think there was one ball that was tipped over the middle yeah. that could have possibly been picked. Other than that, the balls were thrown perfectly all day. Um, Where I think I am a little worried or concerned, and I think it's this, you can probably talk me through this, but is is with the the defense and the tackling. They weren't wrapping up at all. Now, how much of that, though, is caused by just the chaos that happens at the line of scrimmage when you're playing Johnston City? So, in other words, I think there were times where the linemen – would win the battle up front, and the ball carrier would come right to them. And I think they were just surprised. Oh my God, where'd this guy come from? And they go to, they go to tackle, and the kids were gone. Give Johnston City's kids credit. They're well coached. They run. They're, after they're tackled, their feet are still moving, they're, they never stop running. It's really impressive, and it is very hard to wrap up legs that are moving.
1: Well, and you when you run a bland offense like that, you better execute and execute at a good level and they did that.
2: Now, in all honesty, I think if I watched the game and then said, "Hey, there's no scoreboard. You can't keep score. What do you think going what, what do you think the score was? I'd have probably felt 40 to 14 modern day. They dominated play. A lot of breaks went against modern day. Some went for them, but but Johnston City, just in the time we were there, and we left a little early, they put the ball on the ground four times. All four times, they recovered. All it took was one of those to go the other way. Just one.
1: And well, then the ref, well, the, the back judge made a tackle and saved a touchdown. I mean, there was some wild. Now stuff that was going the on. thing
2: that went modern day's way. Yeah, uh, number eight, this uh, this little the little running back for uh, Johnson City, who's just tough as nails, gets through the line of scrimmage and almost surprisingly gets into the defensive secondary. And nobody's there. Nobody's there. And I mean, this kid, all he's got to do is jog sixty yards for a touchdown. Except, well, the line judge got in the way. And the line judge, to his credit, made the tackle. Yes. Um, so the line judge, I had for three attempted tackles <laughs> with one success. Um, I thought the officiating, a second game in a row where I've come away thinking, you know what? Uh, not terrible. I didn't think it was bad today. I thought it was pretty pretty good. Very few penalties. I, I We love watching Coach Stiebel do his thing. Um, he called the touchdown out, by the way. And... A, a big one too. Yeah, a big one. Um, Turned the momentum for a while. It really did. So Johnston City gets the ball in the second half, and nothing doing. Modern Day gets the ball, nothing doing. Johnston City second. I think it was their second possession of the second half. They right? Well, the,
1: it was fourteen to six at the time, and then they scored. Right, and then in, that's right. They had scored early. It was fourth down too. Yeah, and
2: it was fourth. It not just fourth down. Fourth,
1: I believe it was fourth and ten. And there was a timeout. Yep. And defensive coaches were out there talking. Coach Stiebel walked out and just casually didn't go into the huddle, just kind of walked around the huddle and said, watch the halfback pass. Watch the toss pass is exactly what he said.
2: Watch the toss pass.
1: And what did they do? And we
2: both looked at each other. And sure enough, they run the toss. Because it looked like a sweep. Yep. It was perfect. It was really well executed and they toss it to little number eight. And I shouldn't call him little number eight. That's not very fair to this kid. He's a – listen, number eight, if you're listening, you're a badass football player. But they toss it to him, and he throws an absolute – well, it didn't even have to be a strike. He literally Wide just open. threw it to the end zone. Yep. There wasn't a moderate kid within 15 yards. No. And and that made it 14-12. to 12. You, And that made it 14-12, to 12 and actually – they kept shooting themselves in the foot on the extra point. They would move or something. Well, apparently happened. they had no kicker because they went for two every time. Every time. And it and it got them to where, you know, Johnson City was chasing three things that are really tough to chase in the playoffs. In the second half, they chased the sticks. They they were they, a lot of second and long, third and 14. Yeah, you can't do that when you run that offense. Not with that offense. They were chasing the scoreboard because right. Matter they kept scoring. Right. And they were chasing themselves because when they did score, they were having to go for two every time, because apparently they don't kick it. And it really uh, put them you know, even at 14 to 12. Now at 14 to 12, Johnston City had the ball, was driving, had all the momentum actually, and had the momentum, got to a fourth and four uh, pass. What? A pass? Now they they had passed I think four or five times prior to that, with no success.
1: Yeah, literally very, zero. Very, very they, first
2: success. of all, they rolled a quarterback. Now this quarterback, I mean, I guess you could probably say he was the best athlete on the field, best looking athlete on the field yeah. for sure. Size, speed, tenacity. He hit hard, but also he played clean. I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of yapping on either team. No, I thought it was a very well played football game, and. You roll him out opposite every time they roll him out left, he's right-handed quarterback, and they kept rolling him out left. he's having to throw across his body, which he did, but he's throwing to five- foot six receivers that are being covered by six- foot one DBs. Um, he couldn't find any room. and they had third it was actually third if you remember it was third and four. and on third down, got nothing.
1: Did they fumble on that Yeah. It was 3rd and 2. It was 3rd and 2, and And they they fumbled fumbled to make it 4th and and 4. That's exactly right. And then they they, they dropped him back. And then they dropped him just
2: straight drop, which he dropped back about 73 yards, (laughs) and then tried to throw off his back foot. And that was the pick 6.
1: And it's a pick 6. I I just couldn't believe the play call. As, As... As much success as they have with that sweep all day, I think I'm dying with that. If I I lose, I'm losing. And I'll accept that death. Exactly.
2: That's a death you accept. If you run that sweep there, first of all, obviously on third and two, that was going to be a sweep. Right. Most likely. But whatever.
1: Because, let's be honest, modern day didn't have an answer for that all day. Uh, Not really until the fourth quarter. Fourth
2: quarter, they started to sniff it out a little bit. But to that point, no, it had not. Mm-mm. So,
1: if I'm losing, I'm losing with the play I've had the most success with to that point in the day. And it was just an odd play call as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not the coach. So. But let's give some credit where
2: credit's due. Modern Day's offense won that football game.
1: Oh, yeah. They've got a pretty sophisticated passing game. They had guys open, you know. Uh, as they've
2: always had.
1: Guys open in the middle of the field, um, guys open on the sidelines. So, yeah, I, I think, again, especially in Class 2 way, that's going to give teams real fits. I'm going to tell down. you right now, I, I
2: mean, modern day, I think, you know, we'll see. Um, they're going to go on the road. they got to go to Shelbyville next weekend. And Shelbyville's 10-1, and good football team. We'll talk a little bit more about them um, later. But they got to go to Shelbyville. But if they get past that one... I mean, just not a whole lot in the way between here and Champaign. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be a huge surprise. I mean, fortunately, Nashville got sent the other way. Right. So you're not going to see Nashville in modern day. Um, and we're not even sure if Nashville is going to hold on and win. We hope they will. Um, we, we didn't have a final yet, though, did we? I don't think so. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Uh, but I I'm gonna tell you I'm very there are times when I've watched Modern Day in the playoffs and I, I'm always impressed. I always think they I always think they have a good football team. I always think they, you know, they're well prepared. But there comes a point where you kind of think, Yeah, they're gonna run up against a uh, you know, they're gonna run up against a Mount Carmel, a Quincy Notre Dame a couple of years ago and we watched them really just have a terrible third quarter which cost them the whole game. I don't know if I've got that feeling right now. Um, I think this is a football team that if they can, because they're not going to have to deal offensively with that kind of stuff anymore. And here's their two losses. The, both of their losses are literally two classes ahead of them. They lost to Breeze Central 17-14, to and they lost on, to... On a weird deal at the end of the game. A very weird deal on the, at the end of the game. They got destroyed by Mount Zion, but that was the last game of the year where they had... Apparently, they had some suspensions. Right. For, you know, whatever. Whatever. And um, and then they lost to Althoff, forty one twenty is a 1A monster, playing in a 5A schedule. So, if you look at their schedule, I, I just think they're primed to make a pretty good run here in 2A. And they'll get beat by 40 next week and make us look completely <laughs> stupid. But uh, the fact is, I, I like their chances. I like what I saw. And... I am sure there are fans at Johnston City that get aggravated with that offense. Uh, it can be a little hard to watch. It's it's but it's 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 also beautiful to watch when you see the double wing run the way they run it in that with that tightness. Yeah, they put the ball on the carpet a few times. They did recover, but the fact is that kid. That's got to be a tough offense to run for the quarterback.
1: Your only issue becomes. If you get down multiple scores like they did, and do, granted, they, yeah. they worked their way back into the game, yeah, but it's very, very difficult to make a comeback because unless you bust one off, I mean, you're talking about, you know, like we talked about the game, you're talking about 8, 10, 12 play drives that's eating up time off the clock, and if you really don't have any, any semblance of a passing game, man, that puts you behind it a little bit. 100%. Um, Nashville did win by the way Great So
2: we have now Oh no So Nashville would meet modern day That would actually be in the semis semis. Um, So Nashville will play Athens Uh, Let's see Nashville has played at home I don't know I would assume (coughs) Yeah So they were at home And then they were on the road So they were up in Quincy today Who's seed? um now uh Athens but Athens has had two home games
1: oh then I would think it's Nashville. so it's going to
2: be at Nashville next Saturday Athens and Nashville and the winner gets the winner of Breeze Modern Day in Shelbyville nice. which that game will be in Shelbyville so uh two Saturdays from now we literally could have two area teams locking up in the semis for a chance to go to the state championship that'd be pretty cool yep and although we haven't seen Nashville this year, we do know what they bring to the table. And they're an awfully good football team with, With you see the same last names, Malavi, Yes, I mean, you just keep seeing the same.
1: Same at modern day and breeze.
2: Modern day, yeah. I need to see another Ratterman and Timmerman, like I need a hole in my head. <laughs> uh, Grapper house, I mean, come on. But it, it, it. it I don't know about you, but... There's a comfort level, I feel, when I'm at modern day. There's something about the way they go about things. It was weird. It's the first time I've left a modern day game sober. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but we were late getting to the tailgate, didn't get to participate like we normally do. And uh, But it's just a, the crowds were huge. Johnson City, to their credit, it's only 64 miles from Johnson City to modern day, but it's... They traveled well. They traveled really well. They 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 put flags up in the in the opposing stands. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, just a very organized and well well played football game. And and I think Modern Day's got a chance to really do something special here. This 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 could be a, a really fun ride for them. Um, let's go ahead and start our review. Uh, so congratulations to the Modern Day Knights. And next home game, we'll do everything we can. Uh, to try to be there Because uh, we, owe, we, owe, we owe them a tailgating experience And we didn't get to burn any furniture Oh yeah,
1: there is that
2: um, Let's move on and talk about Some of the other stuff that's going on uh, In 1A we have one team left And that is Belleville-Altoff That's the only one we need And you, I heard that Leroy Was going to give them a game Oh, okay um, It was 56-20 to 20. Hmm. They just destroyed them uh, I believe it was something like 28 to nothing before it even really got rolling uh but whatever out rolls uh they're they're clearly in now they've got a really interesting matchup next week with camp point central uh they're going to probably i would assume that's going to be up there and so they're going to have to go to most likely because i think they've been home twice so they're going to go to camp point central undefeated team higher ranking we'll see what happens but i got a feeling camp point central hasn't seen anything quite like the Altoff crusaders Probably not. so um i like our chances there in 2a we've already kind of covered that 3a is getting a little bit interesting uh in in 3a we've got saint joseph ogden and roxana locked up in a dandy 28 27 at halftime um You've got Greenville. Also, they were locked up in a in a tough one uh, up there with Stanford Olympia. We haven't gotten a final on that yet, but um, I think I might have that right here, as a matter of fact. Uh, did, or did we want to do the cross-country before I get into this, or are we just going to – I think we're good. All right. Um, yeah, here it is. Let's see. Yeah, I'll talk one. Lots of finals now, but I'm trying to – do you see a um... – do you see – in three A, what happened with Greenville? Do you see that anywhere on there?
1: No, I'm kind of, I'm looking. I don't see it.
2: Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. We've got this scoring app that the IHSA is using this year for football, and it's it's really kind of cool, um, but it's not overly accurate as far as like right up to the to the time. It, it, while we're on one A, before I leave one A, Lena Winslow the kind of prohibitive favorite to make it to the championship they won 46 to 14 very easy win for them
1: Breeze uh, did, did win actually and uh, so did Highland we're gonna get to them yeah
2: and that's in 4A oh here we go Greenville is getting uh waxed oh uh, it's 34 to 13 with eight minutes left in the game so it looks like Greenville's gonna uh, be gone uh, which would leave us just Roxana but Roxana's gonna have to get by Saint Joseph Ogden. Which hasn't been as easy as I think they thought it might be. Right. So let's, uh, So that pretty much wraps up 3A for us. We don't have any other uh, what I would consider local teams. Um, uh, matter of fact, we don't have any other local teams. You've got Roxanne. Oh, DeCoin. I'm sorry. De- uh, you got a DeCoin score?
1: No, I haven't seen anything.
2: That's a little weird that I haven't seen a a score uh, from that one because they're usually – let me check. Yeah, that was a 2 o'clock game, and we got nothing on that yet. So we'll see what happens there. Mount Carmel's still alive in 3A. In 4A, we've got a couple of victors already, or one victor already, and that is Breeze Central, correct?
1: Yes, 16-13.
2: So good win for Breeze Central. We actually swung by there after the modern-day game, just drove through the parking lot. Hell of a crowd. Holy
1: cow. That's the good news. The bad news is – they have it's
2: Rochester. Rochester. Yep. Yeah. So they're, and you listen, hey, you're going to say to your kids, we're going to prepare, we're going to watch film, we're going to do things that we've done all year. Um, And you guys are not going to listen to the high school huddle, we're not going to listen to their nonsense. And we're going to go in with that Rochester like Mizzou is going down to Athens, Georgia today. In a, in, a, in a game they shouldn't even be competing in, and they're giving George all they want. Of course, right now it may be forty-two to ten for all we know, but right. the fact is that um, if Breeze Central and Rochester played a hundred times, Rochester would win ninety-nine of them. And, and all you I, need is one, and that's that's what you got to hang your hat on, right? One bad day, yep. one one bad day. Uh, so, and I guess let's see, that game might be well. That game would be at Rochester. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that may be our trip to Rochester for the year. Maybe. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And for for those of you that aren't aware of who Rochester is, well then you're, you don't call yourself a football fan. If you don't know who that is and, and their impact on their on the, on the on the state playoffs, then I got nothing for you. We're not going to keep recapping that. Five A, we got Highland, and they won. They won. Triad got smoked. Uh, Joliet Catholic perennial powerhouse it it, it happens right we kind of expect that in 6a um i guess i guess st louis's opponent showed up i we don't have any we don't have any actual what we don't have is any confirmation no footage but they won over normal community west 54 to 7 and you're saying wow they got seven points well it's 54 to nothing in the second quarter right and Again, I think I talked about this last week, but hats off to Coach Sunkett. As soon as that running clock starts, he, he calls off, off the, the dogs, the dogs yeah. and, and that's the end of it. Um, so there's still really not much in the way of any kind of issues for East Side that I see. In 7A, Collinsville was uh, taking it on the chin. I'm assuming that's probably gone final or close to it by now. Uh, just a little too much, I guess, for them to, to overcome with that, uh, with another Chicago school, even though they got that game at home, um, they're down thirty six to thirteen late in the third quarter to New Lenox Lincoln Way, which is Lincoln Way West. Um, so it looks like Council's uh, dream season is going to come to an end. And then in A Day, uh, we are well. Beverly's already lost; they lost last night. And and Edwardsville won, but Edwardsville won big. So that leaves us with uh, potentials now in 1A, 2A,
0: could be 3A. Mm-hmm.
2: it's Rochester. Yeah. I mean Later. let's not let's not get carried away. Uh 5A with Highland, East St. Louis in 6A, nobody left in 7A and then Edwardsville in 8A. So we're in pretty good shape and and we'll see kind of what happens as we uh as we kind of work our way through this. We're getting we only got 9 minutes left. Um any final thoughts on on what you saw today?
1: I thought it was a well-played game on both sides like we talked Great. about few penalties. Um Kids were uh, well-coached on both sides of the ball. Um, I like what I see from modern day. I, th- I think uh, you're exactly right that uh, uh, there's really good potential for them to, to make a serious run here.
2: Yeah, I anytime,
1: anytime you've got a quarterback that, that plays at the level
2: that kid plays at, you're going to have a chance. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, real quick before we, we, we get towards wrapping it up, Soccer uh, is over. The season is over, as far as we're concerned. Columbia was the last remaining hope. there. the only hope we had up at state. Which that thing went south kind of quick because we I think we really thought we might have Collinsville and Triad both both up there. Uh, but well, you,
1: when you play in the snow, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah,
2: I don't. And we're we are going to get into this a little bit because um, I do have some thoughts about about some of the things the state's done, but. Um, Columbia, hats off to them! Great season. Lost a heartbreak. Well, I don't know about a heartbreaker. If you lose two to nothing in soccer, is that a blowout? I guess it's a borderline blowout. Yeah.
1: Um.
2: I mean, it, it did sound like Columbia never really threatened. Yeah. Um, especially in the second half. Uh, uh, and and so, but that doesn't matter because they did the one thing that I think is the most difficult thing to do in athletics, and that's come back the next day and win a third place game. So hats off to them. They did that. Um, a nice win for them to wrap up their season. One of only two teams in their class that get to finish the season with a victory. Right. So um, congratulations to Columbia. Another great run for them. They lose some talent, but there's a lot of youth in that program. So uh, hats off to them. In volleyball, uh, we also had kind of a rough week. We lost quite a few of our local teams, which unfortunately they had to, a lot of them had to play each other. Right. Uh, Freeberg had to play Muscuta for a sectional championship, which Muscuta won and then turned around and got beat by what some people are saying that the class of three a, which is Lincoln, Illinois, that's up there. That's that, that town where we split off and head up to Peoria right there. Um, and, and they've, they've beaten all of the local big schools. They've also beaten all the local small schools that are awesome. They're really good. And they, they were a little too much for Muscuta. Um, You had uh, so that ended Freeburg's run uh, at the sectional level, and then you had Breeze Central and Modern Day who had to play for a sectional uh, championship. That Modern Day won in front of you know twenty six hundred people at Greenville the other night, and then you know Modern Day ran through Pleasant Plains like they weren't even there. And Modern Day will be back up at state and in two A. You have to wonder:
1: does anybody have anything for them up there? Be good to be really interesting to see. I think they said over. Uh, the loudspeaker at the game, this will be if they win, it'll be their eighth title. That's just unbelievable. Just just, you know, school history, and
2: it would be it, it, it. And we've said this before it's incredible to be a small school, even as a private school, and have the success that they've had in the same sport over and over and over and over and over. But when a mile and a half away from you is another school that is totally different. Doing the same thing, doing almost the same thing.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
2: I think three state titles for Breeze Central, right? And and those two teams know that they're going to have to go through each other. And uh, I, wow, but but it just doesn't appear that anybody's going to have much for Modern Day until they get up there. And we'll see what happens next weekend when they're up at state. Uh, we don't have anybody else alive. Bevel West was the last team, big team that we had left alive, and uh, they they ran into uh, the end of their season up in Pekin the other night. Uh, played well, I think, you know, it sounded like it it was a good ball game or a good match and Belville West was a great surprise. That was about to become. I I still think it's one of the great stories in volleyball this year is the fact that, you know, this Belville West team that was really losing games early in the year that they probably shouldn't lose, uh, ended up getting hot at the right time and making it, um, making it all the way up to, uh, to where they made it. So we'll put all of our eggs in the modern day basket and hope that they can do well, uh, we talked a little bit about one of the one of the more difficult things to do is in sports is to win two sports two championships in the same season with the same sex. And what I mean by that, don't get dirty, is uh, you know two boys sports in the same season. And Rochester had a real legit shot at it as they were playing for a state championship and and got beat today in soccer. So. Um, Not going to happen for him there, but that would have been interesting to see if a school could win football and soccer in the same season. My guess is it's happened, but I sure can't say it. Hopefully somebody out there will pay attention. Uh, Four minutes left. I want to talk real quickly, and then this is going to tease kind of where we're going to start our next show. Um, We've talked a lot on this show about Trust Trost, this Trust Trost guy on Twitter and, you know, he's been a great advocate for the student-athletes. Um, but I'm starting to lose my faith. A little bit. Okay. The the dude is basically, in my opinion now, he's just attacking the IHSA for everything that he can. The field conditions for the soccer super sectionals were garbage. Right? Um, it it was a bad decision in my part Barrington is where this happened the other night Wednesday night up or Tuesday night up in Barrington you had an inch of snow that fell the temperatures were in the 20s the forecast the next day was for highs in the upper 40s and sunshine you could have easily postponed and they chose not to okay that's fine it is what it is um and he's been attacking. Now he's getting a little bit personal. He's calling out certain directors at the IHSA, and I, I just—I don't know, man. I—I I, I liked it when he was really attacking the COVID stuff, and I guess it's a he. Uh, maybe he's a trans. Never. What bathroom? If he goes to Waterloo, what bathroom is he going to use? Good point. Flip a coin. Um, but I—I'm I, I, getting a little tired of it, and we'll talk more about that. Two minutes left. I guess we'll touch on this story. This is what everybody's been waiting on. Okay. Do we need? To, do you think we should take a break before we get into the assistant coach? I think that might be a whole
1: separate show. I really do. But we at least got to talk about it today. Oh, don't you think? Unless, yeah, I yeah.
2: Because if we're gonna have Sandstrom next week, we're not gonna be able to spend. I mean, we'll still do a show probably prior to that. But while we do this, let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back and share with you uh, our favorite local school that has not been on our radar. And found yet another way to step in shit. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? There's your tease. We'll be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Critter Care Holiday Inn. Critter Care's is Holiday Inn. More than a mouthful. All you could want in doggy daycare, dog sitting, dog pampering, dog grooming. They do it all Uh, from just trimming the nails to to full service uh, spa treatment for your dog. But where they really excel is in their daycare. Uh, Jen Kreps and her staff uh, there have done a wonderful job of creating a, a second home for your pooch. So
0: 18
2: plus critter cares holiday Inn on facebook check them out they post every day pictures of the dogs and all the fun things that they're doing they take great wonderful care of your animals and i'm gonna tell you they come home tired so they uh they stay very active they don't just go there and get stuck in a cage and get get a 15 minute walk there is constant activity at this place right here uh right outside of between waterloo and columbia illinois Critter Cares Holiday Inn, you can find them right there off of Route 3. Give Jen a call, give her a, shoot her a message, shoot her an email, and they would love to have you. Critter Cares Holiday Inn, for everything your dog needs. I mean, could we just let the whole song go? Sure. That'd be a copyright issue though. I always try to stop it off at 29 seconds or so. Give us shorter intros. That is a little creeping death from Metallica, Scott, and uh, his beautiful wife, Jennifer. Front and center last night for Metallica, Pantera, and Mammoth. What'd you think? It's really good. Really, um, really good. Anybody interesting sitting next
1: to you? Uh, apparently, gentleman, that got drunk off of one beer and staggering around. But oh, no, they finally sat him down. Yeah, they right? finally this
2: sat him down. Yeah, friends and family got 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 that right. taken care of. Yeah, those of you that don't know, Metallica is, is in St. Louis this weekend doing their double as they played no last repeat night. repeat weekend. Their repeat, no repeat weekend. So uh, it was interesting. I It's probably one of the few times I wasn't able to attend. I was actually supposed to be in Starkville this weekend. But, um, you know, they, they uh not going to repeat any songs. So if you were there Friday night, which last night you were, and no, they did not play one. Uh, so those of you that are going tomorrow night, which by the way you're doing that too, um, the folks that are there tomorrow night will get to see that, and, and it's a pretty big deal. You've got obviously anytime Metallica's in town, it's a big deal. But to throw in uh, Pantera with Phil Anselmo, I mean, come on. Um, and he was you tweeted a picture out. He, if you know, you know, man. I mean, he <laughs> just he's just that. That was really well done. He's, he's just just amazing. So uh, that was our our rejoin music. I i uh I, we teased a little bit at the end of the segment that our good friends and I, I think i can call the folks at waterloo good friends okay um over there they they i think that we are the 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 most popular podcast um in the, in the in the waterloo world and um i think they just love us to death it's weird though uh, they love us, but they want to keep us at arm's length. They don't want us attending any of their, their contests. And that's okay. Which hasn't really broken right. our hearts a whole lot. Right. Um, but I, I've said for, you know, we've had, there's been a lot of issues there. Most of the issues at that place uh, surround the administration. It's not so much the coaches that, we, you know. I mean, we had a little issue with the orange pants guy, but he's disappeared from the face of the earth. So we've, we've, we've snuffed him out properly, but... Um, for the most part, the, you know, the coaches there do a fine job. And, you know, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of Brian Unger. I don't think he was able ever to stretch his legs at all there. As, and that's one of the reasons you saw him move on to Freeburg, where he could probably actually be an AD. Right. But for the most part, they had stayed off our radar. And that's probably good. I mean, think the singing superintendent had that faux pas this summer at our third-place game where – yeah, first of all, it's bad enough to play a third-place game, but then they have to listen to that jackass. But, you know, he left out the entire an entire first verse of the, of the Star-Spangled Banner, which happens. Yeah, sure. I think now at their board meetings, they do the Pledge of Allegiance this way. I pledge allegiance, one nation under God. <laughs> That's the new Waterloo uh, pledge. Cut out the middleman. Cut out the middleman. But uh, they... This was a team that uh, made it to the playoffs last year, got their first playoff win under Dan Rose in in, in his tenure, um, gave the eventual state champions, Springfield, Sacred Heart Griffin, all they wanted, all they wanted, and then some. Sacred Heart Griffin had to scramble to win that football game. And even though they were losing Evan Davis, who we've, all, we've talked about him a lot on this show, but, uh, and they've lost, they lost some other people, there was a lot to be encouraged about with this program. Uh, they come out this year. They, they takes them a couple of weeks to figure out what they're going to do offensively. They end up promoting a sophomore quarterback. And they go into the last week of the season with a chance to actually make the playoffs, which would have been pretty special to do it twice in a row. They completely lay an egg against Freeburg. And during the third quarter, uh, things got a little, I don't know, what's the word, chippy? Is that a good way to put it? That's a good way to put it. A hockey game almost broke out. <laughs> um, a school day at Alton High School almost broke out. <laughs> uh, we could come up with all sorts of things. But the fact is that they got waxed. And during this third quarter, it's a couple of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which from what we were told were pretty pretty legit and then there were some where the refs were trying to get control of the game and might have been looking for stuff. Regardless of the case, um, their, their offensive coordinator, Joe Habermel, uh, and we're, I'm going to come back to that in just a second, but their offensive coordinator was ejected for arguing with the officials. All right. We didn't really give it another thought other than it's a shitty way to end a season. But that was kind of it. A week and a half later, they fired him. And we still don't know really who they... Yeah, well, I think we got a pretty good idea. You know, the singing superintendent we know doesn't like contact sports. Um, I mean, first of all, I don't even think he, I don't know if he likes boys sports at all. He might like soccer. I think his son plays soccer or golf or something. But, you know, he doesn't like... Um, and, and he definitely doesn't like athletic success. Um, let's talk a little bit I guess before we go any further about Joe Um, I have a personal relationship with Joe I know him uh, relatively well and I actually credit Joe with some of the limited success that I've had and you've had broadcasting are because of people like Joe Habermel 12 years ago no it's even longer than that my triplets are now 21 so we're probably talking when the triplets were first born Um, I used to Run into Joe a lot up at a place, local place here called Lou and Michelle's. Remember Lou and Michelle's? I do. Great bar. Big, big, big fans of Lou Miller and Michelle Miller who ran the place. And I got to know people there. That was my escape. That place was, you know, when you're having triplets, you got to do something. You got to get out of the house <laughs> and you got to come back in a different state of consciousness. And Lou and Michelle's did that for me. But the bottom line is, I, I would uh, Joe uh, uh, at the time was. I guess, dating somebody that worked there. He was young. He just, you know. Uh, and we would get to talking, and he, he, we had just, I had just gotten on the show over, you weren't involved yet, but I had just gotten on with Chip over at 1380. And I'm, on a Friday night, I'm I'm talking to Joe up at Lou and Michelle's, and he tells me about a young player in eighth grade up in Belleville named Jason Ford. Remember Jason Ford? Yep. And he said, Jim, I'm telling you, this is the next big thing. This is he's going to be the next big thing. Okay, that's great. Now, you know, if I had a dime for every time somebody told me that, I I wouldn't have to do this. But I did I do respect Joe and 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 I knew Joe pretty well. I watched Joe play in high school. That's how well I remember this young man. And and just a phenomenal football player, but also an incredible IQ and an incredible intensity and ability to relate to young people. He's really really a good coach. Um he tells tells me about Jason Ford, I of course then steal that and tout it as my own idea and I become a huge Jason Sport, Ford supporter for his entire career and he goes on to Altov and becomes a legend. Um I you and I saw him play I don't know maybe 10 times. I don't remember him ever touching the ball that you didn't think he was going to score. You know, he was just that special. Right. And that started this relationship I had with Joe about high school football. And, man, he had such great knowledge. He starts volunteer, basically, assisting at, at Waterloo. And within no time, they realize this guy's really got something special. He gets married. He has children. He's, he's entrenched in the community. He rises up and becomes the offensive coordinator few years back and I think you and I both saw a little bit of a change in Waterloo's philosophy it wasn't four yards in a cloud of dust or in their case one yard in a cloud of dust Um, it was nice to see an assistant coach among a couple of hundred uh, make it Uh, you know there it's got to be tough to have a voice because I mean they put whistles on a lot of people there and uh, yet Joe became he became not the head coach, but a lot of kids really liked playing for him. Uh, very popular with the players. Very popular among some of the fans. And I think very popular among Waterloo. I, I really uh, just think a lot of good things of him. And they fired him. And by all accounts, he had no clue this was happening. So the first question is who, right? Who did it? Mm-hmm. And there's three suspects. I mean, it's either that wacky principal um, and whatever it is she's up to, or it's our our singing buddy there, or it's that new AD. And you do have to wonder in that situation, because, I mean, Brian wasn't allowed to do any of the stuff he wanted to do for the most part. Did they hire a guy that they knew they could do this kind of shit with? Is that sort of the deal? Very and an possible. A, an AD that they could just stick the hand in the back and say, here's what you're going to do. Because an AD, and we know some good ones, that's worth his salt is going to go to bat for his assistant, for that assistant coach. And it doesn't sound like that happened. And it, it, if it comes out later than it did, I don't want to hear it. It's too late. Don't tell me now that you supported him. Shut up. Uh, where was Dan Rose? I, I hope we find out that Dan put up a hell of a fight I hope we find that out but as it stands well if we wouldn't know how it stands now because the Republic Times wouldn't even do an article on it because I guess they're afraid that they won't be allowed to go to games hey I got news for you Republic Times we haven't been to a game in four years and so we're fine right It's all but good. I can completely dissect that program from afar believe me mm-hmm. and what you've done people there is you've weakened the program again and this is what you do. Now, maybe there is a we all know that handbooks can be swapped, changed out quickly and rules can be put in to fit a certain situation. I think yep. I've been I've been part of that. But it doesn't matter. Fact is that I guess this means, based on what we've seen, that if you are ejected from a contest you will be fired. Is that is that what you're assuming? That's a precedent that's been set. Hey, Vogel. <laughs> Hey, 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 Vogel! Let's have a chat, dude. You better be on your best behavior. You're about to get fired. How many times do you think Mark's been tossed? Think it's ten? More than once? Yeah, twice since I when I was since I've been really around and and, and in, involved. Um, really? You're gonna fire this guy? The actual, listen, all your assistants may be the best assistants on the planet, but the fact is that this guy was the best you had. He also had a deep passion. The dude bled orange and black. He was, at minimum, don't you owe him a
1: meeting and a conversation? Well, and a little bit of a benefit of the doubt that, hey, if you want to suspend him for a game next year... Well, he's already probably suspended for a game by the IHSA, I okay, saying, right? but that's kind of going from 0 to 100 really quick.
2: With a guy that... And it's not like... Unless there's stuff we don't know. But it's not like they were looking for a reason, we thought. But maybe they were. But what you've done is you have weakened a program that is trying so hard to gain traction... And was just almost there, almost there. Great sophomore class. Got a lot of things going for him next year. Oh, by the way, Joe Habermel won't be part of it, and that's bullshit. I got thrown out of a game as an assistant. Nothing happened to me right away. I mean, it was. It took him four months to get rid of me, uh, and it wasn't even for that allegedly. But I. The fact is that coaches getting ejected, for, you know, I've been ejected twice, and three times in my entire life. I'm not proud of any of them, but I would probably do all three of them exactly the same because they were all three for different reasons. And the fact that you've embarrassed this man who's poured so, and listen, I don't think Joe Habermel has a vacation home in the Hamptons, on his coaching salary that 's not why he did this it 's not why he coached um, no money, tons of hours and this is what you do to him. Well, you guys are all pieces of shit i 'm sorry they're just pieces of garbage you can't you can do it because you did right but then don't complain when you don 't get good qualified candidates after that they don't usually complain they just find somebody they can push around um They'll never be a Mark Vogel again at that school. No. It'll never happen. No. They're not going to allow somebody with that kind of independence, um, that resolve, that mentality, when really what you should be doing is propping a guy like Mark Vogel up as an example of what we want our coaches to be. That's what I want. Does Mark get heated and get tossed occasionally? Yeah. By incompetent idiot officials, yes, that happens.
1: But also, he's a fiery dude. He's passionate about coaching. He's, he's passion- passionate about the kids. About the kids, right?
2: And that is powerful. I'll take, I'll take those people all day, every day. But that's but see, there's power in that. Sure. And these administrators, that the only thing they've right. ever done with a jockstrap right, right, is right. sniff it. <laughs> these people are like. Oh, well, we can't have popularity with the – with. The, if you're popular with the students, then you are probably suck as a human being. So we can't have that because next thing you know, the students are going to start doing what you want. And we wouldn't want that, especially when, you know – I mean, I think Joe insisted on his – that his players have tremendous discipline. Well, we don't want that. He insisted his players do things the right way. Well, we don't want that. He was there for his players. Ah, we definitely don't want that. I let that, let that broad run the football team. Although I think she's leaving to go do something political or something. But good Lord. I, you're embarrassing. You, you don't realize this. And I, I, I realize that I've talked to enough people down there. I, they do kind of live in a bubble and they think that everybody's against them. They're only, everybody's only against you because you keep doing stupid shit. Quit doing this. Quit treating people like crap. No. You, you prop up and support idiots like that that orange pants dude that, that, that won at a 30% clip. And then you got a dude like Joe Harriman who's a lifetime winner, and you run him out? And yet that orange pants dude's still in the district? The only I guess the only thing he was really guilty of was just being a terrible coach. Joe was guilty of being passionate. That's what passion gets you. In today's society, passion and caring... Loses your job, and this is not it's Oh, Jim, you're just using this as a soapbox for your own. No, my time is gone. I'm done. I've moved on. But when I see young people, and I, you know, Joe's probably I don't know 40, maybe 45, something like that. This is gonna be tough for him to recover from. Now, I will tell you this, Joe, if you're listening to the show, I've already gotten a phone call from an ad who would like to talk to you. So. Trust me, you're gonna find work. But I think his passion is to coach football at Waterloo. And you've taken that away from him because you guys are just pieces of crap. That's all you are. You're second rate, you're a second-rate Valley school that tries to be up there with Triad Highland and Muscuda, and you can't. But here's the deal. And I'm gonna tell you this right now, uh 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 Sharon and Cheryl alike. You if you want to be more like Triad, Highland, and Muscouta, start behaving that way. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't have success and have it run by a bunch of people that you can control. To have success, you got to let coaches coach. I actually texted a friend of mine who, we won't say what they do for a living, but let's just say they are involved in athletics to the point where they might be directing did I give away what they might do for a living? I didn't mean to if I did. And I texted this person and said, hey, if this would have happened to one of your coaches, would they be fired? And the answer, I'm going to give the answer. It was, it's profane. Is it okay if I say it? Sure. I'm going to say F. F, no. That's the first reaction. No, I'm not going to fire him. Now, are you going to pacify the public by saying, yes, we've had a talk? Well, of course. Yeah, we talked. He's going to work on it. Not going to happen again. That's the end of it. The punishment's there. He already got – the punishment was set. He was going to have to miss the first game of the next year. I I had to miss when I got tossed, right? Uh, I just sit out the first game of the following year and I got tossed in the championship in 20. It happens. But the fact that they did this, and by all accounts, he's dumbfounded. He didn't, see, he didn't know this was happening. What kind of a, what are you doing? They have no idea. That's the problem. I think deep down we're going to find out that he tried to use the wrong bathroom. Oh. Because apparently that's a huge deal at that place. Right. Um, I, you know, you, you got off our radar. We left you alone. The entire, for the most part, for the whole football season, the only thing we ever said really about Waterloo, I thought was relatively positive. They went into week nine with a chance to go to the playoffs. That's it. And then it didn't happen, and we talked a little bit about it, and that's the end of it. But then you do this to Joe, who I think I can – I feel like I can spot talent, and dude's got talent. Um, He's got passion. He's a good man. Lives a good life. He's a good father, good husband. And this is what we do? Here's the deal. You know what he didn't do? He didn't lose enough. He needed to be more of a loser. Oh, hell! They'd have a parade and probably put his photo up at the at that place if 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 he'd have gone five hundred all the time, or if he'd a if he'd have, you know instituted a bunch of rules to get kids suspended or something because they you know they wore the wrong socks. Okay, but <laughs> well, what is wrong with that? But God, it just—I drove by there the other day and my car started rusting. <laughs> what is that all about? I think there's a funk at that place. I don't know. I, here's the deal: if you're listening to this, and I know somebody that's going to listen to this that that knows Joe, I've sent a personal note to him already. Um, you're going to find if you want to coach Joe, there's a place for you in this in this area. And I'd say take a take a position somewhere else in the conference and shove it up their ass. To hell with it. And he's not wired that way. He's not as vindictive as I am, so he probably won't do that. But um, It's just awful. It's just an absolute embarrassment, and they just keep stepping at it. And then we're going to have to un- uh, endure another basketball season of nonsense, and it's going to be baseball season before we can get back behind anything over there in orange and black, and even then I'm going to – yuck. Um, I don't know, folks. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, Joe Habermel is, is no longer the offensive coordinator. <laughs> Waterloo High School. For no reason at all. Oh, well, yeah, that was a serious reason. Yeah. Yeah, We know the reason. That's the funny thing is you all think that we don't know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. You run off people like that. Mm -hmm. You don't want people around that have opinions. You don't want people around that, I guess the best way to put it is Joe is the ultimate alpha male. He's an alpha. Always has been. He was an alpha when he was in high school. As a middle linebacker for a at an all-black school, for the most part, at Cahokia, uh, Joe dominated the defense there for a couple of years, was the best middle linebacker I had seen in a long time, and he's an alpha. They've already got an alpha on staff there, and that's Mark Vogel. You can't have another one because then, before you know it, the athletic department's going to become successful. Well, we wouldn't want that. Well, no. We've got... Parades that we need to have for the 7th grade Tiddlywinks champion. You garbage. Ugh. And my tax dollars are paying for this. And I can't do anything about it. It's a whole other it.
1: issue.
2: Yeah, I know. So anyway, sorry Joe. Uh, last thing, hey, I just want to say real quick. Um, my wife uh, uh, likes this Yellowstone show. We talked about this. You don't like Yellowstone or you haven't watched it yet, but... She really loves it, and I caught her the other day on Facebook um, looking at property in Montana. Huh. Now, do I strike you as the type of guy that likes to move? I've been Not in the really. same house for 21 years. Uh, they'll bury me in the backyard. But I, I said, "What, what are you doing?" Oh, I'm just looking. I just thought someday we might want to move. I got her back. Not to a place that's colder. I'm watching The Sopranos. So I'm going to cheat on her. <laughs> that was a little joke I heard the other day online. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Because that's the kind of humor you get with that's this right. show. That's what we do. We entertain. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We, uh... Very sad about my buddy Joe. I hope they fix that. Congratulations to the area teams. Real quick, before we shut off, can we can you get an update on the Roxana game if there's anything out there? I uh, would like to get, at least give a report. But it does look like we've got the, the winners that have made it. We've got modern day in volleyball. Soccer is over. Hey, basketball practice starts tomorrow. I'm sorry, Monday for the boys. The girls have already started. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to talk to Clint, Clint from... Um, from uh, steelville here uh hopefully in the coming weeks sounds like he had a really good first week of practice i i, I remember distinctly as a head coach i always felt like i had a good first week of practice sure it wasn't until that first game when i realized how much shit we really had to get how much we had to get done <laughs> any updates i'm not seeing one. I'm not seeing one so anyway uh roxanne apparently locked in a battle and we'll see what happens with them We'll be back with you next Sunday night where, with any luck, we're going to be joined by Mark Sandstrom, the head basketball coach from Columbia High School. And if you remember the last time he joined us, actually we've had him twice because he was our first ever guest. Remember?
1: We had him after he just initially stepped down. Right after
2: he stepped down. And then we had him last year when he came back right before the season started. And then, um, yeah, I think we'll just make this an annual thing. And I'm looking forward to talking to him. In addition to being an excellent basketball mind and a, and really a good athletic representation for Columbia High School, I also happen to agree with most of his political views. The only thing I don't like about him is the Cubs thing.
1: And can't do much about that. Well, we, well,
2: yeah, we could. You just won't go along with it. I think the the whole anthrax thing in in his beer, I thought, well, would have been
1: it's a little harsh. Um, Scott. He's a Cubs fan. I understand. I don't know. That that's that's enough misery in itself. You think that's
2: it? It's also so. It's really a self Self-inflicted inflicted injury. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So we'll talk to Mark hopefully next week. We've been really enjoyed bringing this to you, and um, we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the six one eight High School Huddle hosted by us